Entrepreneurial Women with Purpose is focused on educating, empowering, and investing in women to support them with harnessing an entrepreneurial mindset to create the change in the world for the greater good. Through this series, we connect with women from all across New Zealand to inspire, teach, and share their pearls of wisdom through storytelling and sharing. I'm Catherine Vandermeulen, the founder of Entrepreneurial Women with Purpose. Welcome back to Entrepreneurial Women with Purpose. We are joined by Alicia Watson, the founder of NISA. How are you? I'm good, thank you. How are you, Kath? Good, thank you. Tell us about your little bubble, um, your extended bubble in the workshop tonight. Yeah, uh, so we all, um, Level 3 started on Tuesday morning and so we um, gathered the team together, back together, and we all came to the workshop. And it's been um, it's been pretty cool. Like we did a few new things, so we moved a few machines a bit further apart from each other. But um, we're a small team of one, two, three, four, five, six at the moment. Um, so yeah, it's pretty pretty easy going, you know. Um, though we've got a lot to do, so it's definitely been a lot of hustle and bustle. And so what are some of the functions? Give us a real picture of the workshop. What are some of the functions yeah. of things that are going on in there? Uh, so we've got Pam, our production manager, uh, and she looks after the sewing team, who are Naseem, Victoria and Queen. And we've got a um, actually an old staff member joining us next week uh, to clear some of the backlog of orders we've received. So we're going to put out the SOS call <laughs> for extra hands. Uh, so that'll be happening next week. And then we've got Emily, who whose real job is marketing. But because we've had such an influx of orders, uh, she has very kindly jumped in with me into dispatch. So we all of our time at the moment is just spent packaging, picking orders. Um, and then any, any sold out we have, we basically have to feed back into the production line for the sewing team to get onto. So... Usually we finish, um, the sewing team will finish a bu- like bundles of underwear and that will go straight into dispatch and out the door within an hour. So it's uh, wow. quite, quite a, it's a system in motion, let's say. Literally hot mm-hmm. off the press. Yep. Um, the one. So can you tell me about your original call to adventure to launching mm-hmm. NISA and a bit more background to what it's all about? Yeah, um, so I used to be a litigation lawyer at a big firm in Wellington and I, um, at that time I was also volunteering with the Red Cross um, to help resettle recently arrived refugee families Um, and that was a really meaningful experience for me. Um, Definitely, you know, met a lot of new people and got to really um, got really involved with a, a couple of families, and that kind of got me thinking a bit more about what it's like to be a newcomer in a new place and trying to set up a new life. Uh, and you know, I'd done the same thing when I was um, younger, obviously not as a refugee, but um, you know, I'd gone to a new place and tried to set myself up in Germany actually, and I found it so so difficult to find a job. I was basically unemployable. Um, and so I really empathized with the struggle of not having local work experience, uh, not having any local qualifications and just having people basically shut the door in your face. So, um, with that, like when I saw some of the families I was helping going through that same battle, 
I really wanted to, um, I don't know, not have them experience it. <laughs> Obviously, mm. I can't like, it, um, yeah, or just, I don't know, be part of the, part of a solution which involves welcoming and opportunity. Um, yeah, so that was kind of the, the thing that I, at the moment, I was really, really wanted to achieve. Um, and I'd also kind of heard on the grapevine this whole social enterprise thing and it sounded kind of interesting and a few people around Wellington were setting up social enterprises and I was like, oh, maybe that's something that could be quite cool, you know. Um, I, I thought that business would be a really interesting way to solve the problem of people wanting jobs. <laughs> like, oh, you know, set up a business. And so here I am nearly three years later and, yeah, we're going strong. So take me back to three years ago when you were a newcomer in the business sphere, going yeah. from a, a legal career to a business. Tell mm. me about some of those trials and tribulations in that um, first stage of getting the business off the ground. Yeah, um, I guess the one battle that I think a lot of people have when they're starting businesses is what scale to enter the market. So you can either take a really high-risk approach, which is like going big or going home, basically, which says, you know, you're only going to win if you really put it all on the line, take on a lot of fixed costs and just go go for broke, basically. Or you kind of start at a really low key in your garage on the weekends, you know. And we kind of fell somewhere in between that because from the very beginning, I took out a lease on um, on a space in the middle of town, set up, you know, bought all the machinery, hired a number of people and so from the very beginning it was um it just kind of had to work from day one (laughs) there was no um there was really no room for error really um and so yeah that's kind of been my journey through it um and there's no right or wrong answers but yeah it's definitely I think some of the challenges we've had is that you know ideally we would have either had a lot more cash in the beginning to really support that strategy or we would have started smaller. So we didn't have either of those things. We had no cash, but we were like relatively big. (laughs) And so it was just um, the classic bootstrapping journey, I think. Um, Really trying to get as much bang out of every single buck. Uh, And I think that skill set will stay with me for the rest of my life for sure. So that uh, the thoughts around throwing mm. yourself in mm. uh, to the deep end, how has that really supported you in achieving the goals and your impact uh, that you are achieving now? Yeah, um, I guess we've always hired for the size we want to be rather than the size we are. <laughs> and mm. so that means that like it's almost like impact has actually preceded the sales, <laughs> which is usually would be the other way around. And that strategy has worked out really well for us because it means that we're always ready for that next stage of growth before we can technically get there. Uh, so we're always slightly ahead of the curve, uh, which is scary, but um, we have to grow to survive. I think that's always what I've said. I, I want to get the business to a point where it's financially sustainable, which means that if I was hit by a bus, everything could continue just as it is right now. Uh, And I think we'll get there maybe in about two years. Um, So that's really exciting. Sorry, I've already forgotten your original question. I was going off on a ramble. (laughs) Oh, no, that's okay. I was just really talking about how 
you know, in those early mm. days of, you know, throwing yourself mm. in, you know, by getting a lease and by hiring team mm. uh, and how that really then supported you to achieve your goals. So yeah. I think you uh, certainly have answered. And also to have the impact that you're having because yeah. you're not only producing a brand and building a brand and producing clothing, you know, there's no manufacturing pretty much left in New Zealand, but you're yeah. also hiring uh, refugees and newcomers yeah. to the country. So you yeah. are solving multiple yeah. challenges. It's kind of funny. Like I um, I kind of love manufacturing. I never would have guessed that about my loyally self, uh, but it's pretty bloody cool and it stretches your mind in so many awesome ways. Like I love um, having a real physical element to my job, you know, like at the moment I'm doing a lot of dispatch. <laughs> and so, you know, it's kind of um, – and, you know, I'm walking around the workshop all the time, having conversations to people. All of the challenges we face are often quite physical challenges, uh, which is, I guess, like kind of a novelty in, in a city Wellington life. You know? uh, so, yeah, I love it. Yeah, you know, your manufacturing model is very different to what we would all think um, a clothing or an apparel or a garment mm-hmm manufacturer would be yeah. can you share a bit more about how you guys manufacture based on your orders yeah so um we this is going to get quite geeky quite quickly but uh we use we operate we try to operate using principles of lean manufacturing which means we try to hold as little stock as we possibly can and we essentially backfill that stock when it goes so we maybe only have three units of every item every SKU so the stock keeping unit that we hold unfortunately we have about 150 SKUs but um so we have very few units of every single variant we sell and as soon as those um as soon as those get low we basically remake them that day so that means that half the time people are buying inventory that we've got sitting on the shelves that was made within the last few weeks and half the time people are actually buying stock that doesn't exist and we make it that same day. So it's pretty, um, it's a pretty tight system and it means we're really dynamic. So we never really have to have sales to get rid of old stock because if we don't need it, we don't make it. Like it's that simple. And it also means we really minimize waste because we're only making what people, yeah, actually want, which is kind of mm. cool. And was that the original reason why you decided to build your business around that model? because of the waste element or was there another it, another thing it just made in your mind actually it was way it wasn't about that at all really um I'd like to think I could claim credit for it but it was actually way more around um working out what a good day looks like um so um to give you a bit of context so um Jimmy Conway from Free Flow Partners, he's a lean manufacturing consultant who's helped us out quite a bit. And he, uh, it's really about understanding what makes people tick and what the kind of environments humans want to work in. And one of those environments is really having very tangible goals every single day and working out what like a good day is and what a bad day is. And, and so instead of just being having this order list for like endless volumes of stock, we decided to pair it way back and basically just make what exactly what we needed to every day. And the goal and every day is a clean slate. So we start work at the beginning of every day and by the end of every day, it's meant to be finished. And so a good day just means everyone's finished their work for the next day. And there's a completely new start the next day. 
which is, um, and it really brings us all together around these shared goals. And it's really cool to see because it's not, you, it's, you don't, no one feels like you're just doing endless amounts of the same thing every day you're making to get things out the door. Um, and that's really mm. motivating for everyone. And it means we can all at the end of the day, really pat ourselves on the back and as a team and really feel like we've done a good job together. Yeah. And that collective of working together to achieve those goals. Yeah. Yeah. And so what have been some of the highlights of your business experiences? Oh, um, I hate to say it, but I'm not a very reflective person. So <laughs> I hardly ever look backwards. Um, I, yeah, it's, um, I think the highlights are like really, really mundane things like having the team sitting around and having a laugh together. Um, that's probably when I feel the happiest because, um, you know, you, you know, that's what a good, the definition of a successful business looks like to me. Um, yeah. And so you mentioned earlier that you had purchased a board game and you Mm -hmm. guys were going to sit around uh, at morning tea to have that. Can you share a bit more about uh, how that evolved yeah <laughs> so over the summer I um I played a board game with some, my partner's family that was like kind of a grabbing game so you put these little figurines on a table and cards get flipped over and you have to grab them based on what's on the cards um and it was so much fun because it's quite boisterous <laughs> and um yeah so we I bought that game for the staff and the idea is that um I'm always looking for ways to kind of bring everyone like um it's gonna sound a bit weird but people in the workshop have really different language abilities and sometimes that like you know that leads to feel like people maybe feeling like they're a bit behind other people or not understanding things as well so I'm always looking for ways to kind of just get them to shine at strengths that other people don't have or kind of bring everyone onto the same playing field um and so yeah this game is awesome because it regardless of your language ability you can still rock at this game (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so you know that's um I'm always looking at the little things like that that can um that take us a little bit beyond language and get us um get everyone to connect to each other nice and so how have you used this time um you know I know that you mentioned before that you mm. don't generally reflect on things mm. but I guess the time over the last five weeks mm. when we have had a different outlook mm. to life and to business mm. how have you used that to uh, create new opportunities um oh good question I think when I was working at home yeah I was definitely I had really crazy intense days like I didn't expect that at all I'd be like oh what what is he to do um but it was amazing um thinking about things a bit more deeply so I read a really cool book called Traction by Gina Wickman uh and it really forced me to try and put a bit of effort into the vision for the company. And I actually wrote out like an organizational chart where I really um, mapped out the different roles in the organization. And some of the roles were essentially vacant. So they were being performed by different people who, when we grow, would give up that part of their role and someone else would come and backfill it. And they'd be able to do more of their own actual work (laughs) rather than kind of sitting aside like two or three different roles. Um, And so really having a really clear vision about, you know, the team that, we need to build to really succeed and that was amazing and sharing it with um, 
my two production managers was awesome because they were like, yes, that's it. You know, that is how we're going to look in the future. And that was really awesome. Um, but yeah, just having, you know, I'm such a day-to-day person. Uh, you know, like, like this book kind of made me think, no, yeah, I want us to be a 50-person organization. I want to achieve that. Um, and we all do. That was really really cool to finally grasp the importance of vision and dreaming. Yeah. I think a lot of people have used this time to work on their business. And yes, everyone is still working uh, to a degree in their business, but it's just taken a very different, um, it's taken a very different perspective. Mm. Um, And I think there's so many great things to come out of spending that time working on your business. Mm. And even if it has been forced, uh, it's a good reminder in that deep thinking process that you also mentioned before mm-hmm. to spend some time um, working on what's next mm-hmm. as opposed to just kind of in the day. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So thinking about the future, mm-hmm. what's going to be your focus for the next 12 months to create the most positive impact? Uh, oh, that's a hard question to answer because the world's so volatile right now. So at the moment we've had an amazing volume of orders and yeah, like long may that continue. <laughs> but I think the the thing to realize is that no one really knows what the future is going to look like right now. So you just have to really prepare yourself and prepare your team as best you can for some quite uncertain territory. But yeah, we're actually hoping to be able to take on some new staff members soon, which will be amazing. Like, Oh, I'm so excited. And so, you know, from the Entrepreneur Women with Purpose community, what would be one thing that you are truly passionate about that you would like them to take back into their world to create impact uh, either personally or professionally? Mm. Oh, I'm not very good at advice for other people. Um, I think just, yeah, I guess... Really something that you're passionate about, you know, that... You know, you spoke before about social enterprises mm. and you spoke about, you know, bringing people together and you spoke about, uh, you know, supporting newcomers in an environment. Is there something around that that you are really passionate about oh. that you would love to advocate to get support on? Um, I think the big thing right now is, like, not losing sight of the amazing amount of generosity that exists at this moment in time um, and and cultivating that and giving back to it and putting your own efforts and, you know, being generous to others and re- receiving generosity in turn, I think is really powerful. And I'm hoping that that will stay with us for a long time because um, I think a lot of people have been really humbled by, you know, the generosity of it, generosity of others. Um, mm-hmm. and, I th- and the reciprocal nature yeah, of yeah. that giving and receiving. Absolutely. Well. I think the, the biggest trap to fall into is to believe that someone is always a giver or someone's always a receiver. Like that's not how life works. We all benefit when we, when at different times we're both givers and receivers, you know? Um, yeah. And it kind of breaks down some of those barriers in society as well, I think. Um, yeah. Well, Alicia, thank you so much for sharing all of your wise words of wisdom <laughs> and uh, taking me back to my 
manufacturing yeah. days at Supre, although a very, very different model <laughs> in the fast fashion world. Uh, it was nice to hear uh, about your wonderful, wonderful business model and how it really is creating uh, impacts not only in a social context mm. and community but also environmental that we're not creating excessive amounts of waste. Mm. So well done. Oh, no and Thank worries. you again so Thanks much. Thanks for having me. Have a beautiful weekend. You too. Entrepreneurial Women with Purpose is proudly sponsored by Hello World Travel, Jaguar, Rind and Dilma Tea, with all of our profit contributed to UN Women Aotearoa New Zealand towards women's economic empowerment into the Pacific Islands. Thank you.